0: as we put more pressure on the bacteria to treat it with these antibiotics, and if we're using a lot of it when we don't need it, Mm -hmm. all we're doing is say, hey, bacteria, this isn't gonna touch you, but you're gonna become more resistant. And then that becomes a problem because then we don't have that antibiotic to using it.
1: The overuse of antibiotics can have grave consequences, and my guest today is sounding the alarm. He says this is happening now more than ever during this pandemic, and it's happening particularly for kids. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. And before we move on, I want to remind you that the biggest source of St. Louis Public Radio's funding comes from listeners like you. Because you value what you hear on St. Louis on the Air, donate today. Go to stlpr.org donate. That's stlpr.org donate. Joining us today is Dr. Jason Newland. He's a professor of pediatrics at Washington University and the director of the Antimicrobial Stewardship Program at St. Louis Children's Hospital. So, Dr. Newland, welcome.
0: Oh, thanks for having me, Sarah.
1: So you've long been concerned about the overuse of antibiotics. This this predates the pandemic. Overall, why is this something we need to worry about?
0: Yes, Sarah. This has been my career work prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, looking at antibiotic use. Antibiotics were initially developed or discovered back in the 1930s uh, and first used in the 1940s. Um, And that's not really that long ago, if you think in the terms of history, Mm -hmm. though we've come to a point where most of my colleagues as pediatric infectious disease physicians, as well as My father, who was a family practice doctor for many years, and others can tell you stories now of taking care of patients where. We were down to the we last to antibiotic really we had or, about how we tell or stories,
2: how we have even about had the experience stories. of
0: trying to figure out how do you treat somebody that has an antibiotic that won't work against the bacterial infection they do have,
2: which is scary. And so
0: how do you address that?
1: So break this when you say you're down to the, down to the, the, the last antibiotic. These can no longer work for an individual. Yeah, so think about it right, we
0: have these bacteria that we can identify in our labs. So maybe it came from their blood or... Maybe they had a really, really bad skin infection and were able to get the, that culture. So we get the name of a bacterium. Today, a new virtual exhibit launches at the Missouri History Museum. They, you know, it's called Gateway MRSA to Pride, or and it aims to uncover the untold or stories of St. Louis' LGBTQIA communities. Or maybe they've had a Louis's urinary LGBT tract infection QIA with a bacteria called E. coli. And joining us today mm. to and talk about it is Sharon Smith. She's essentially, we have these great technologies the to let of us know and identity, and antibiotics work for this exhibit. Sharon, welcome. bacteria, or that Staph aureus, or that E. coli. And we're
1: also Joined today by and historian Stephen Ball. He's the founder
0: sick patients, of the St. Louis LGBT um, History Project and, we'll get and also a member says, of okay, Missouri History's my LGBTQIA my Advisory know, like, Board. Oh, so, Steve, welcome back to the show. Resistant Thank meaning. you very much,
3: Sarah. That bacteria,
0: so Sharon, let's start with you. Amoxizone. I
1: understand this mm. Gateway to Pride or exhibit was to set what to we begin displaying last like summer. Let me guess, uh, COVID so is bigger, one factor none. in why that changed. Um,
0: such as yes,
1: COVID venom. is the only Most factor. It's <laughs> <love who laughs> <like that. Hopefully laughs> a fair <laughs> guess, isn't it? <laughs> and if it's resistant That's to that, uh, yeah, we were going to
2: do launch um, as a sort of an opportunity to tell the folks about the initiative in a small atrium presentation in our. Lower and how does overuse museum.
1: play into, in say, a bacteria becoming resistant to amoxicillin?
2: No, this is so. This is evolution at its finest. So think about
0: a bacteria is able really to really sort of make it, on a make more of itself every twenty minutes. Still get this information you know you'll one to two to four to sixteen very quickly every twenty minutes. The
2: public involved in this, if a bacteria all of a sudden has somebody or something trying to get rid of it, it changes. You know that can only happen seeing that, that people so, um, if we talked so about coronavirus we we'll talk about this variants mm-hmm. first this is
0: evolution the, the bacteria changes so as we put more pressure on part the bacteria exhibit a call to, to action
1: for something bigger you have antibiotics antibiotics. that and doesn't happen until 2024, 2024. Uh, what is it? that going
0: to be all we're doing is say hey Bacteria. Yes, so that is, is the it, uh, large exhibit that we are planning
2: in our next step. And that becomes a problem because the then we don't have, have that antibiotic so, you know, think to use against several So, several years are smart for these things and, they and it takes time to, to make they can all of those, um, those okay. pieces put together.
1: So, what could be put one worst case, case scenario resulting from this kind of overuse? You mentioned you had a young patient who there were no antibiotics left to treat what was wrong with the person.
2: And so, we're looking forward to that by gathering all this information. If we go back
0: and think about it, you know, it's Medicine's amazing, right? The things that have happened effort. in medicine. that I mean, We need everybody to help us with this story. Mm-hmm. Little so babies, little babies So tell us, can be what kind of things early. are
1: you looking for? We've all as, heard as you about you
0: these premature the babies down to, yeah. you know, so, uh, you three know months just early. about anything mm-hmm. that you can and think so of. And so I took I mean, care of a think about patient, an actually many years ago now, who was born very, very early. And we have such amazing technologies, you know, neonatologists and respiratory therapists and nurse practitioners. Sharon, can you still hear me? Are, are just amazing, right? I they, believe Sharon. Anybody can't, that's had a baby to, and
1: oh, there Nikki she is.
0: Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, Sharon. Say, <laughs> we had some bugs up there. So <laughs> <this laughs> yeah, it's also covered. Yeah, um, um, so,
2: so <laughs> we what we, um, an you an know, antibiotic? so we're also looking for artifacts, and those but things can got be, the, you know, just. Almost everything. You know, people are again. cleaning out their closets mm-hmm. these days. But and so now it was a to resistant think about, to the original you know, advice. But events they might have gone to, things they might have picked up archival documents, um, letters, again, this you know, bloodstream edition. And now, and then the baby we'll be passed away, and it was a resistant to the bacteria. Fit. We, um, the thing to know uh, i don't want to is, jump into you your know, to your only uh sort of way of Stephen into this you know, conversation treat that but common infection honestly like it's with steven's help that we got but this it also program allows us to started transplant and this, transplant this whole initiative hmm. many and, of, many you know of your it's because a lot of i know many people that have had transplants. we call it stuff but it really is the actual place like of the history hospital this group of communities is you know they kept things that important
0: to you know anabolic antibiotics are used to help prevent Infection. Through the documents. Or and the even facts. C-sections.
1: So, Steve, that, mm-hmm. that is a perfect segue Moms to bring C-sections you into this. People were giving you
0: stuff. Um, is that um,
1: as These a part of the St. Louis LGBT history project that, that you've been so doing now for ways. some years?
0: Um, but sure, if we overuse yeah, um, in
3: 2007, them, and we don't I started use the project, them wisely, and again, it was it grassroots, drives it, to it was a, an
0: effort to, we get to
1: a point,
3: find a way like to preserve and promote anymore. our local and history. I can tell so you, you along the uh, way, um, um, I started looking, looking at ways somewhere. to hmm. partner with so other organizations.
1: So this organizations. idea of overuse and, and the importance of, of using the these things with precision prior to COVID-19, this pandemic that we're in right now, what's your sense of the scale of the problem? I've
3: worked closely with Sharon and the entire team over
0: there. They're doing an amazing job of working to and what the about World TV Health and Organ- Organization would argue it's and, you know, its, its um, own pandemic you know, or it's been its on own epidemic from the for years. As a, a matter of exhibit, fact, in 2015,
3: President and, Obama um, you know, established Karen and, the Presidential Advisory Council on Combating of Antibiotic the Resistant society. Bacteria. A and at that diversity. time, the World Health Organization and, um, basically you know, said all, all countries you know, should have um, a national have, action plan to address
0: antibiotic-resistant um, um, yeah, a, a, um, a real
3: worldwide. <laughs> and so this has been together. Very diverse, lots of voices. is quite large. And we've done many things to try to help address it. One is working—how do um, we address it?
0: So, Sharon, um, that leads me to, you know, some of these stories
1: that haven't been told. What, what, are have been been told. what are some of the challenges in getting the, the untold, are are stories, the un-told stories, the true reality of what was happening on the ground?
0: So we have one here at Children's. Yeah,
1: that's a good point, Sarah, because, you know,
2: a large group that works together to help um, identity other needs to remain SSM, hidden all of in some fashion, right? Actually, over the years, regulatory requirements to even so, get paid so have to Center of really Medicaid and Medicare we have to be really careful about how we tell stories, how we ask about mm. stories to It's not
1: always been easy now, to the the research changed because, yeah, you yeah, so know, people have been um, paying great attention to it. Has it. Why would the pandemic change that? That feels like one of the rare parts of life that might go untouched in the middle of this mess
2: we're in. Well, it's interesting as the
0: pandemic hit now, coming up on the one year anniversary.
2: And so um, it's you know, that things has been shut hard. down, and then just and trying people
0: to um, get into those communities and, and the and stalwarts and to find successful people who, who antimicrobial have successful and have
2: a story to tell or want to tell a story. That's also been sort pharmacist. of so, um, what we've done with Stephen and has she's, been to she's connect me my with antibiotics the community. Really you know, MHS hasn't always been the table,
0: but Stephen has for a long time,
2: and so he has pointed us in the direction of people or organizations or the allocation um, just all kinds of for ways that we can begin we started pulling to, back um, on these programs go into for people those to start working on it and make things. sure that they are Myself, aware that we want to tell the stories more and then, then that willingness the really comes up
0: and it's been, shift focuses it's of been how do i fruitful. help
1: um, the Steve, pandemic, I'm curious when it comes to how you deal with the people with who've passed away. So they may have friends or loved ones that want to tell their story, and their story is such an important part of our history, things. but maybe and when we, they were alive, hospital, the this we wasn't something that they wanted, wanted everyone to know. How, how do you mm-hmm. handle somebody who's in that situation?
0: This is, this is a social type Yeah, that's very tricky, and you have to handle it on a case by case basis. address the appropriate antibiotics and therapy situations. So
3: I've gotten calls throughout the years someone has passed
0: away. like they're
1: stuff Away. So this awareness so of this, this you know, being we sort of front to, and center, you know, being um, part of something that people think about, um, that's something safely, that's gone away. You think we've seen um, you know, the trash uh, more overuse um, because um, of that?
3: People will say well, uh, you
1: know, Sarah, we're, we're, that
0: story is yet to be fully told. Friends, mm-hmm. We have seen um, are early willing to do on that, history or, history you know, as we are learning about person
3: um but elderly and others are coming to the hospital, very sick, right? You know, the they had the really say, wonderful ceremony you, to, you know dedicated uh, with to I want this over anonymous forever or I want lost. it to be released after mm. all dead you know lots of different scenarios suggest but we getting about that um coming into our know, situation we do them like peace by you case, have to be, like be case worried, case worried case. about the potential having back infection on top of it?
1: you know as things continue to change in the world and as there continues to be more and more acceptance of this that people are more open to doing an oral history or having their name used in their oral history we reducing the need for antibiotics. AIDS would us using
0: antibiotics in the last, you know, since we've because been doing illness,
3: this Because that you illness, know, because we don't a, know, will often long trigger AOS. And that's, that's why we're seeing some
0: COVID 19. Hmm.
1: Well, I'm glad you're sounding the alarm on this. This seems like something done that, done that people in your that, field um, need to be paying I such close attention to. But for those of us who are um, outside the healthcare industry, is there anything we can do about this, either as patients or as
3: parents? There is no doubt we all are part of this. And so, as parents, as patients, but you know, the exhibit is aware of, this tonight, situation things, um, of being being the
0: situation of antibiotic overuse and its impact on racism. So, what you way, can do is be an advocate for the appropriate use of antibiotics. Mm-hmm. We know that's based on data.
1: Sharon, if I'm sure if I that makes as your a job easier too. To people are to starting to realize hey, this and is a good long standing partner. This isn't just somebody coming in and trying to go for a sensational here.
0: Mm-hmm. That yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, is way way more uh, likely been to really give an antibiotic is, instead you know, of just a, reporting the symptoms. This and we all, like we all want what's, we have, what's um, best for um, our kids, or we all want what's best for our uh, loved ones. They're all really important it's like, to us because they all an have
2: connections. I but an they antibody. also many, I think make it many better. of them have been but in the industry for years and years. They might you know, how to help us in that regard, and so it is definitely something that we want to enter into with most.
0: Sensitivity antibiotics by and, you know, telling um, the symptoms and, and not always Stephen wanting said them. A case by and number case, two,
2: vaccinate,
0: wash your room. hands. Desires. Do these things that prevent infection? We're talking today As to Sharon talking,
2: Smith.
1: She's a curator of Civic and Personal Identity respects, so uh, we at we the Missouri, History, uh, Missouri not Historical, not Historical Society. Viruses, She's also the content lead for this new, new virtual should. exhibit that so comes I up today at the, the Missouri, Missouri History Museum. So you see vaccination by playing Stephen a role Brawley, in this. If I can get vaccinated for COVID-19 that could help with me not needing unnecessary antibiotics for it. I want to talk a bit about this exhibit that is going up today. And talk a little bit about some of these artifacts. Sharon, about and I for, understand you know, one of them is something you collected way um, no um, before there was a dedicated initiative for Not this. Only will this is a homemade, foam this pandemic, coffee,
0: but it will also well, help the our, uh, unnecessary use of antibiotics.
1: Yeah,
2: this is this is maybe one hmm. of well, my Newman, uh, favorite, favorite pieces only because, back uh, you know, uh, in the day, today, in 2004, we're talking about COVID-19 and talking about kids, I know there were some big concerns last time we had you on the show. It felt like these, you know,
1: produce akin exhibit cholesterol. Saki our we were parents were really worried about that day, we that this could become a real problem then. for
2: kids. I thought, you know, what, this piece, um, how are though, kids has such doing today as we're, as you say,
1: almost a year the, the, the into the pandemic? What's your uh, sense of, of the and state of our know, children?
2: About AIDS and, well, and I think you have to look at this on a couple of different fronts. Um, so, you know, that, that from very, the actual direct impact
0: of the virus, of SARS CoV 2 causing the COVID 19 infection,
2: you know, not in the best kids have been relatively spared from many things. Now, you are right, we have had. And the, More and the children have this multi system like, inflammatory in syndrome,
0: but that has been
2: rare. Children have
0: died, so be it's here. been. And lot without less. any more, idea about when I would ever see a the a museum,
2: I took it in. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. but it but is a wonderful But it isn't the level piece. that we've seen um, with Greg as influenza in the sense um, of how it can be and how short it can be. Obviously, times, over he, time, since this has
0: gone on for many longer, of the, um, those numbers. So um, act up while it, demonstrations so it seems to not impact much directly,
1: very light. Indirectly. phone core, yeah. it's a great, great
0: consequences to children. But
1: it is just a really,
0: really significant piece that same
2: year concerns. Um, if you look at ED flag, visits in children related that to behavioral health, those are
0: um, up 30% in the 12- to 17-year-old age groups. We know things like eating disorders exhibit. are increased. Um, if you talk um, to our adolescent medicine, medicine colleagues, and mm-hmm. I we have a lot Dr. of teenagers and, that are struggling because
2: they mightily. I think the
0: lack of our social support, such as school for many, has been really concerned. And I think it's been really hard as we've seen this because of all the concerns oh sure and, you, um, know, you know working in collaboration the with the community and one of the um you know obviously these um particular reason wilson knew the influenza concern but as a teacher you know as an educator safer in
3: safer. in the region because in the, with the '90s, that's come out. So a teacher in melville i think overall and he, um, um, we have a lot out of work and to do what was
0: a to national help support the kids through this COVID-19 pandemic, and, um, um, and so we need to keep remembering he, um, that, donated yes, a, while they're um, not being impacted as much um, directly a from that one of the students made that was a they're a impacted enormously march on indirectly. Washington. From the hmm. pandemic. And, the and let's, uh, hopefully we and, can know, keep having these conversations so, so that we can start thinking um, about the ways that we can of, address yeah, that. Posters that so that kids, made. we put them first, So I think, you know, as a was very brave of him.
3: He was, you know, try to do, um, and, also and we start thinking, how do we do that? Well, I would like now to continue know that conversation, and I appreciate you keeping this topic in the spotlight, as well as also sharing about this antibiotic
1: use. This is so important as well. So, Dr. Jason Newland, thank you so much
3: for joining us today. So, I love know, show, and I appreciate you having to this, very simple
1: this is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, you know, 90.7 KWMU. Mm. That's so cool. And, and Sharon, in addition to these artifacts, um, you've also got a bunch of oral history. Is listening to an episode of exhibit. St. Louis on the I Air part of, one your of your them daily is from routine? Jeanette if Oxford, so, suggest us uh, to a, a friend you think might made, enjoy our uh, conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help new people discover our nature. What kind of story is told in that oral history?
2: Yeah, so, you know, first I have to say that um, I have an assistant whose name is Ian Darnell, and Ian um, came to us late in 2019 to be a part of this project, and Ian has conducted all of those oral histories that we'll find on that that website, or the virtual experience uh, this evening, and um, he spent, I think he said, six hours with Jeanette um, as they talked about so much of um, Jeanette's history. And, and you're right, there is, there is a lot there. I, I can't even begin to tell you because I wasn't a part of that, that whole process that he, that he, um, that he spent with, uh, with Jeanette. I will say that when we first sort of outed the museum, if you will, I sort of like to play on that word. Whenever I first <laughs> said to our first audience that we had this collecting initiative and I had the permission to out the museum and say, hey, we were going to collect things um, in that first audience, Jeanette Mott-Oxford was sitting there as I said to the group, you know, if you have materials that you would like to donate. And Jeanette came up to me and said, I have my materials that I would like to donate. And I was so, so excited. So we have some uh, papers, some, some artifacts, um, a nameplate for uh, when Zur was the, I can't remember, in the ethics committee, I believe, in the house. And mm-hmm. so there are, there are some really, really significant pieces. Um, that tell Jeanette's story, but the uh, the oral history is is phenomenal, and there's a lot there.
1: And so you said six hours worth of conversation. Is that something that then is distilled down, or, or can people listen to that entire thing through this site?
2: Well, through the site, you'll you'll hear. I think there might be eleven clips um, from Jeanette's stories. And so then there are three other oral histories where there are similar numbers of clips. The whole six hours will not be heard at this point, but at some point later down the road somewhere, we will be able to, um, to link those to the, the larger work. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Stephen, in our final minutes here, we talked about how this virtual exhibit is sort of a call to action that's gathering more for this uh, bigger exhibit that's going to open in 2024. So, when we talk about untold stories, are there any bits of local history that you know is out there but you still haven't been able to document yet, and this is on your must-get list?
3: Yes, of course. We, you know, think about this all the time in terms of of stories that are either lost or untold, and so. You know, um, you know, especially in the African American community, we know it was an oral history tradition. There may not be artifacts, but I you know have a lot of friends in the community who um, have you know told me that they have elders in the community that you know we're you know we're talking to and trying to um you know hopefully build trust and comfort. so they would be maybe interested in telling stories that um, you know we know that have not been told, especially in the trans community. We know there are um lots of stories. Um, that have not been told. Um, St. Louis um, was a very important um, medical center, of course, It still is today. But back in the '60s and '70s, and there were um, um, lots of um, 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 surgeries being performed that um, folks would be coming in from across America mm-hmm. um, for, um, for for their um, for their um, sexual identity um, uh, procedures and, and transformations, and so. You know, we know those stories are there, and so we're just hoping by the the more we get the word out, the more we can find out um, who has stories and and how we can have people be comfortable telling them.
1: Well, I hope (laughs) if if anyone is listening and they have a story that fits the bill for what Stephen is looking for, I hope you will reach out and uh, get this recorded for history. I also hope people will check out this exhibit tonight. Um, Sharon, when will this go live and, and where can people find it?
2: Yeah, so we have a, a launch event this evening that is um, completely full. <laughs> ah. um, you know, as Zoom is. You know, normally we would just say, "Oh, well, come come along," um, and but you know, after that, you can just go to uh, the website and you'll be able to find it um, somewhere, some somehow on that site. And I think that we'll be able to put that up. Pretty pretty easily, if you just go to mohistory.org, you'll be able to find it. It is called Gateway to Pride, so you'll just be able to find it through that. And uh, the link will be will be right there, and then you can enter it and just um, really play in it. and And we really do want to hear people. There's lots of opportunities where it will say, "Share your story with us," and we really do mean that. Like we want we want feedback. We want you know opportunities to understand more of what you want to see or what people want to see. What what we might have missed, what they think we might have done that they need to, they need to correct. You know, we might make mistakes.
1: I'm just, I guess we will at some point. Well, I hope people will check that all out. That, again, is at mohistory.org. It will be live tonight. And Sharon Smith, Curator of Civic and Personal Identity at the Missouri Historical Society, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Sarah. And Stephen Brawley, founder of the St. Louis LGBT History Project. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Sarah.
1: This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St.
0: Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you.